What's going on, everybody? It's Cooper and James, and we're from the back pens. James, how's your uh, morning going so far? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I've been up for two hours just waiting on the opportunity to give our listeners something to talk about. It's pretty motivating to be a part of something like this when you're going through stem cell treatments and laser light therapy and acupuncture and fire cupping and all kinds of different stuff trying to trying to get you going. But hey man, they're not here to hear 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 my story or hear about me. They want to hear about the results and all the good stuff that happened over the weekend in Duluth and what's what we think might happen this weekend in Sacramento. So let's get to it. Heck yeah, man. It's been a been a busy week on my end. We're up and out of early on mountain time. I'm a little bit different time zone this week, but that's all right. Without further ado, grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pins. So before we get into what happened in Duluth, let's go over the Velocity Tour report for this week real quick. They had two events last week. They were one-day events. And the first one was in Greenville, South Carolina. Marcus or Marcos Gloria ends up the winner, 174 on two head. And James, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's a Calgary Stampede winner, is he not? Yes, sir. And 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 a uh, I think he might have won the Canadian PBR at one point in time because he he's one of the weird Brazilians that doesn't live in Texas. He lives in Calgary, I believe, is actually where he lives. I'm not. Or somewhere close to Calgary. He, he lives up in Canada, but he's a Brazilian. And there's one other Brazilian that I can't think of the name of, of right off the top of my head that lives in like, like Massachusetts or somewhere like that. But the rest of them live in Texas with, around each other. So that's a little unique thing about Marcus Gloria. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the biggest bull ridings or rodeos a guy can win. Marcos. He was 174 on two head. He accrued 40 and a half world points. In second place, the young gun, Bob Mitchell, 167 on two head. He got 25 world points. And I know he's a guy we've both seen this spring or this winter. And he looks really talented. And he's, what, 19 years old? That's what they say. He looks like he might even be younger than that. But the kid can ride, obviously. He made it this week on the UTV, and I think it's his first one. And so looking forward to seeing what he can get done. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Bob this weekend for sure. In third place, Alex Marsilio. He was 88th on one head. He accrued 17 points. In fourth place, we had Seth White. He was also 88th on one head, and he accrued the same 17 points. So I guess they would have tied for third. That's my apologies. And in fifth place, we had Caden Bunch, 86 and a half on one head. He accrued nine and a half world points. Do you know anything about those bottom three guys? I, I've heard of that Marsilio, but it's been a while. Oh, yeah. Marsilio's been been around. I believe he I believe he might have made a few PBR finals. At least one. He's been around a while. He's not one that we see an awful lot. Maybe an injury issue. Who knows? But it's been a while, and it's good to see anybody that's been around as long as he has be successful on any tour. So that's good to see and good to hear about, too. Yeah, no no doubt about it. It's always good to see new faces in, new blood in there. It keeps the competition high. 
it makes those guys stay hungry at the UTB level because if they aren't, they're going to lose their spot. The second event of the Velocity Tour was in Spokane, Washington, and the winner, Matt Triplett, 87 and a half on one head. He accrued 37 world points. And I believe last week we both kind of said it's only a matter of time before this guy gets back on tour. And I believe he's in the draw this weekend. If I oh yeah, correctly. absolutely, he's in the draw this week. The only thing I can say is you always want to get two because you can get more points. So he lets you know seven or eight points get by him because I think that's what a go round is at the Boston Tour. But now that's not going to make that much of a difference. But will it come May? come time to qualify for the PBR finals and so on and so forth, only time will tell. Because every bull, no matter what level, whether it's a Velocity Tour or Touring Pro or UTV, they all matter at this point. Because this is not a marathon like most seasons. It's a sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Every bull is going to be really important. Interesting side note, I'm actually not very far from where Matt Triplett grew up right now. I'm out in Kalispell, Montana right now. And we actually came through Columbia Falls, and we also went through Browning, which is where Dakota Lewis is from. So we're up in that neck of the woods this weekend, but it'll be all right. In second place, we have Brady Olson, 84 and a half on one head. He was 24, or had 24 world points at the event. This is a guy we haven't seen on the tour, the UTB level tour in a few years, but I have seen him ride at some off-season or lower-level events, and he looks like he can ride pretty good. So I'm excited to see what he does this weekend. What do you think, James? Oh, I'm excited to see uh, what everybody's going to do this weekend. To be honest, I'm just a bullheaded fan. But when you bring up the velocity tour level guys and give them a shot to see if they can do what Jose did kind of at the finals at a regular season event, it just adds that much more excitement. So, yeah, I really look forward to all these guys coming back, seeing how Matt holds up after you know, being off for as long as he has and, and injuries as much as he has. He's riding phenomenal. So is Bob Mitchell. So is Brady Olson. They wouldn't have this opportunity. So good to see. Yeah, I, I agree. It's always good to see new faces get up to the UTB level. In third place in Spokane was Colt Robinson, 83 and a half on one head. He accrued 13 world points. In fourth place, Cody Casper, 81 and a half. On one head, he accrued eight world points. And in fifth place, Dawson Branton, 80 and a half on one head. He accrued four and a half world points. An interesting thing from Spokane is they didn't ride any bulls in the short round. No, so, I, so they waste points. Yeah, they didn't get anything rode in the short round. Obviously, you know, the winner was on one head. So that's kind of kind of interesting there. You don't see that a whole lot. And every bull matters. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to this weekend, the Velocity Tour is going to be in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Some notable riders I have down are Hunter Ball. He's been on the UTB Tour. Laramie Cragen. I don't know if he has been, but this is a guy I've seen videos of, and he can ride. Cody Casper, Weberson Duarte, Connor Halverson's a guy that we've been seeing a lot at the UTB level over the last year. Fernando Novias, Marcus Mast. Luciano De Castro, Ramon De Lima, Junio Corissima, that guy, the I'm crazy guy. He's the I'm crazy guy on his vest. Cole Skender, Adriano Salgado. So that's a pretty decent lineup there in Grand Rapids, don't you think? It's a phenomenal lineup. But to be honest with you, you're never going to get this lineup. But I, I'm looking forward to the 
because I want to border the most that's going on this weekend. But, but if you're in the area, you can't ask for a better lineup. Going into Jacksonville, they're notable riders this weekend for their second event of the weekend. Marcos Gloria, Kai Hamilton, Ednai Kaminhas, Lucas Tavino, Lane Nobles, Dalton Rudman, Ben Johns, and Dakota Lewis. So that's a pretty good little lineup there, too. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure Dakota's probably a shoe in for the Native American team at the Global Cup, just because I don't know how many Native American active riders we have on TBR. And that might be an interesting fact to look at later. But he needs to get the ball rolling if there are more, if he wants a spot on the team. Yeah, that Global Cup team, that definitely is going to play a factor as far as these guys' season. Everybody wants to be on that team. There's a lot of guys that are going to be hustling to make that squad, no doubt about it. So with that being said, I think we'll move into kind of what went down in Duluth, Georgia. You know, it was a good weekend of bull riding. They rode quite a few bulls the first night, and they had a little bit tougher time on Saturday or Sunday, sorry, but they really threw some bull power at them on Sunday. Don't you agree, James? Oh, yeah. I mean, up to this point, I think Sunday was kind of the normal of what we usually see throughout the season, especially later on in the season, uh, where you don't see that many qualified rides. But round one, Brandon Elder would win it, but they had like 17 qualified rides. And I've got to touch on Brandon Elder for just a second. This guy, he's just coming back off all kinds of injuries and things. It's been a while. But the guy's reading Bruiser. He's reading some really, really ranked bulls. Got all kinds of talent. And he's a super nice guy. So it's really good to see him step up and put up that much effort. And he was over 90 points to win the go-around. Didn't do so hard in round two. Kind of let one get away. But we're not going to harp on that because he knows it. And it happens to everybody, even Jose V. Tornay at times. So that's just part of the sport. But other than that, he put out a tremendous effort in round in the championship round because he got back off of the strength of the one. And so extremely proud of Brennan Elder and looking forward to seeing what he can do this weekend as well. Yeah, Brennan's a guy I've had the fortune of being around a little bit. And he's like you said, just a really nice guy. He's a really talented bull rider. And to me, after being off for as long as he was, and I knew he'd been getting on bulls from social media and stuff like that. He looked good. I mean, he's a guy that we'll touch on a little bit later that I think I could see myself using because he rode really good. You know, he didn't get it done in the short round, but he was really close. And if he did make the whistle on that bull, he was going to be north of 90 again. So Brandon had a really good weekend. Your top five, this is his first event win. Marcelo Procopio Perea, 264 and a half on three head, occurred 130 world points. What do you think about the event winner, James, in that performance? Uh, I think I think he did a fantastic job. He did something that most Brazilians don't. And it's not a knock against the Brazilians. They would just rather good bulls that they've been on before, that they know they can ride, knock as many bulls out as they can, and hope that makes them world champion. That seems to be their strategy. But I'm really proud of this kid. Because he hasn't been around but maybe one season prior to this one that I can recall to be to step up in there and to pick Chivers and to go for your first event win. To come in there, I guess he came in the number two spot 
and Chase Doherty took blue fossil. For him to pick Chisel, I was thrilled to see. I do think, however, that was the weakest trip that I've seen out of Chisel in a while, 44 and a half. Still good enough to be 91 and a half because of rather over bull score. Phenomenal bull ride. Phenomenal effort all weekend, half off. Yeah, I thought that was what he had to do when you look at how the draft shook out with Chase Doherty picking Whoopah, you got to go for it. I mean, you can't pick one that you're going to be 89 on because if Chase rides that bull, he's going to be over 90 and you have to try to be over 92. An interesting side note on Chiseled from my last three years working back there with a lot of them bulls, Chiseled might just be my favorite. He bucks. He's a bucking dude, but you ain't going to find one that's more gentle than him when he's not in the arena. He's a really cool bull to be around. And in second place, Dalen Swearingen, 263 and a quarter on three head. I thought he had a really good weekend. And the biggest theme I think that I've noticed this far into the season is he's not always going to make it look pretty, but you're not going to find a guy that's going to try harder than him. Like he's going to keep his hand shut until his head hits the ground. And when you're looking at picking bull riders in a fantasy format, a guy that's going to put out that much effort is somebody you're not going to be disappointed in picking, in my opinion. He's not always consistent, but like I said, the effort will be there every time. What do you think about Dalen, James? Uh, Dalen is having a phenomenal year, and he was smart. He went to every turn code he could get to. He went to that WCRA Cowtown Christmas or whatever it was called. He went to everything he get to. He even went to uh, a Rossi tour or two. He went to Denver, I think. Didn't do very good in Denver, but to be hitting everywhere you can go outside of the UTV when you can get there, that shows how bad you want it. His riding style, he's going to get bucked off or he's going to be 90 a lot of times because he's coming at it with those spurs. And I think a lot of times that helps him, but a lot of times that gets him in trouble. But, you know, he's being more consistent this year. If he can keep it up, on to the next one where he's going to be in the top five, and we're going to be talking about him in May. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for him. He's definitely willing to go get on probably more bulls than anybody else at a PBR level. And, I mean, he's not afraid to chase those lower-level events, no doubt about it. And in third place... The comeback king, the reigning world champ, Jose Vitor Leme, 177 and three quarters on two head. He accrued 70 and a half world points. I think he probably gave a lot of people a heart attack on, on Saturday there, the way he got dominated by that bull on Saturday, but he came back strong on Sunday. He made two really good bull rides. I mean, at this point, I don't know how you leave him out of your lineup. I really don't. No, he gives you no. a super good chance to get two to three scores on the board every weekend. And the one thing about him is he can handle any kind of bull. I thought he looked really good this weekend. What did you think, James? I thought he looked phenomenal, phenomenal, as always. Now, that bull he did get on in the in the first round, that man just totally just made him look stupid. But that bull was super rank. I thought he should have been marked, you know, 46 points. And yeah, I that think was, they undermarked that bull. That was a rank, rank trip from that bull in round one. And then to come back with a kind of a little bit of a dislocated thumb, which is no big deal in bull riding, to come back that 
and to know, hey, my groin's fine, now I'm going to go dominate, which he did, and ended up third. So he's going to be a factor in every world title race that he wants to be. And to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, I don't think there's anybody that can beat that man. He definitely makes it look really good, and he can handle every kind of bull, and you're not going to meet a more humble guy out there. I think there's something to be said for being a good a good guy in all aspects of your life. And everybody you talk to has met him or just in my personal experiences with him, he is a top-notch guy, top-of-the-line kind of dude. So good to see Jose Vitor Leme back. In fourth place, Chase Doherty, 174 uh, points on two head. He accrued 43.5 world points. And he was in the driver's seat going into that championship round bull draft. And he made the pick that I think he had to make. It's one of those deals, like they said on TV, if you don't pick him and you leave him to somebody behind you, they'll pass you up in a hurry. He went ahead and drafted Whoopa in the short round. It didn't work out, but still a strong weekend for Chase Doherty. Oh, absolutely. And I'm always impressed with that guy. He's been, you know, to the national finals, won the national finals average, even though they don't have the same caliber of bulls every single weekend. In the PRCA, they still see a lot of these same bulls. And at the National Finals, you're going to see a lot of these same bulls. And so the guy was kind of used to getting on them. And I was glad to see him come over for that Monster Energy Team Challenge deal and decide to make the jump. You know, an interesting thing about that Monster Energy Team deal is I think it kind of opened doors for the possibility of some of those Brodeo guys coming over. You know, I think it was kind of a stepping stone to get exposure to those kind of events because it is such a different environment between a pro rodeo and a PBR event just to give those guys a taste of that and then let them sit on that decision. I think that team challenge they did in the COVID year was really good as far as getting different guys exposed to the PBR. And when you look at it now, you're seeing guys like Clayton Sellers, Kai Hamilton, guys that have been PRCA guys the last few years they're going to a lot of velocities and they're trying to make it on tour. So I think that was a really good move by the PBR as far as expanding their rider pool into the PRCA world. Yeah, and, and it also helped create the team format that's coming up. I won't call it the second half of the season because the season will be over, but the second half of the year is the team challenge doing. That would not have came into fruition. I don't feel like it wasn't for the Monster Energy Team Challenge still and doing what they had to do because of the COVID year. So great things come out of bad situations sometimes, and that was one of them. Yeah, and I think they, they made the best out of that situation for sure. And rounding out the top five, Brennan Eldred, 90 and three quarters on one head, but he accrued 46 world points. So that shows you like winning rounds is how you get points in this deal. And I was really happy to see Brennan. We kind of touched on that already. And he had a good bull. He made a good bull ride in round one. Had a little bit of tough luck on Sunday, but still a really good weekend for Brennan Eldred, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And that's a really good confidence builder heading into the next one. So that rounds out your top five from Duluth, Georgia. And Sunday looked a little tough on some guys. Like I noticed Kaike Pacheco looked a little banged up Sunday. Boudreaux Campbell didn't get on. The other guy I'm a little concerned about is Kaike Pacheco, and and he did look more than just banged up. He looked like he was really hurting. Separate his shoulder. Your shoulder? Because when you hit 
when he hit the ground, he's got a separated shoulder. He's out for at least three to six weeks, I heard, on the television broadcast. So Kaike is going to be out, and that's that's a big deal. He's usually a guy that's up in those standings. Injuries are always important to monitor going into the next weekend, especially when you play rank ride fantasy like me and James. Rank ride is a fantasy bull riding game, and it really gets you as a fan engaged in the weekend's action of bull riding. Wouldn't you agree, James? Oh, absolutely. Not only that, it pays pretty well. It pays 10 holes, and you don't have an injury fee. You know, anytime you don't have to put skin in the game to win some money, it's always a good thing. So the basis of it is, is you pick six riders and three bulls. They break them down into three tiers. You pick two bull riders from each tier and one bull from each tier and the highest point total wins. It's a really fun way to watch the bull riding. If you're going to be tuning in anyways to watch it, you can find Rank Ride at their website at www.rankridefantasy.com at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram just rank ride on Facebook and rank ride TV on YouTube, James. So tell me what the importance is of a three day event as far as fantasy goes. The importance of a three day event. There's only five of them that I could find on a schedule, and I don't know the exact five, but I did look, so I know there's five. Now, they only play the regular majors like they did in New York. And that's a regular major for the guys on tour. But for us, playing a rankridefantasy.com game, these three-day events are huge because that gives us an extra round to get six scores in. That's basically several hundred points that you could make up. Like right now, I'm like 30 points out of 10. So having a three-day event gives me an extra round, which allows me to make up that 30 points or whatever the case may be. I may not be exactly 30 points out, but pretty close to that margin. So it's similar to the actual guys that are entering the bull riding as far as it's it's more opportunity to earn points. And when you're playing this every week, there are rewards and incentives to want to be as high up in the standings as you possibly can be. So adding that extra round can really make up some ground if you're coming a little bit from behind the top 10, no doubt. What are some differences, or I shouldn't even say differences, but what are some things you look for as far as how you structure your team on a three-day event? Because you do get to look at the round one matchups, but you have no idea what they're getting on for their next two. So they could have one you really like in round one, but the next two two rounds, they could draw something that you don't think they're going to get along with. So I guess what I'm asking is, do you look more at who's hot right now as far as who's riding consistently and just roll with it, even if you don't like their round one draw? Honestly, on certain guys, it doesn't matter. I don't even look at the draw. Like Jose Vitor Leme, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't even look at this draw because I know he's going to ride at least 75% of the bulls he gets on. But in this particular case, if there's something that I feel like is a guaranteed score, there are no guarantees in bull riding. There are no layups, so anything can happen. You know, you see a few in there that may or may not be a guaranteed score. Like, I think Keyshawn Whitehorse or somebody has Proteer. I believe it is Keyshawn. I don't know that I'll pick that, but that's pretty good pick because he's going to be 88, 89 points to get that bull road. And 
that just sets him up and that that builds confidence to go in the next round. So that helps those guys. That helps you set up your team. So you can take different approaches. You can use the analytics, which are below the tiers. Uh, Slade Long and, and Pro Bullstat, I believe, is the one that, that kind of does the analytics side of it. And it'll give you the percentages of Claudio Montano Jr.'s got 67% chance of riding his bull. If you see that and you got the opportunity, take it because pretty good chances he's going to ride his bull. Unless he's only going to be, you know, 84 to 86, and then you, you pick somebody you think is going to be higher because there might be a chance that somebody gets in on one in the championship round, even though it's a three-day event. Yeah, absolutely. There's no guarantees that these guys are going to ride two, three head going into that deal. I mean, odds say that somebody will ride three, but it's not a guarantee. And if they're struggling to get these bulls rode, I mean, you look at round one, they're not going to take it easy on these guys right out of the gate. I mean, it's a pretty strong long round caliber. You're seeing a lot of bulls that have been in short rounds, or I shouldn't say a lot, but you're seeing a decent number of bulls that have been in short rounds or even 15-15 bucking battles in round one. So there's not going to be a lot of layup type situations, gimmies in round one. And I think at this point, it's just finding guys that you think are riding good enough to give you the highest chance to get in getting three, four scores on the board. And not even three or four. If you can get six one night, two one night, three the next night, that's probably going to get six into the championship round. or pretty close to it, four or five anyway. And so you don't necessarily have to shoot for getting six guys every night. That would be ideal, obviously, but that's probably not going to happen because it's boring. Right, But uh, if you can find something in there that you're comfortable with, like JRV, Jose Vitor Lemay, it's probably going to be my top tier, to be honest. And those are pretty much guaranteed scores. Um, at some point, they're going to at least ride one, maybe two at the most. If they have a bad weekend, then you move on and find somebody in tier two that you really feel like going to ride one and go from there. Yeah, I think it's all about finding those guys. They're going to be consistent in each tier. Let's talk about some bulls out in round one. In my opinion, they've got a really good set of bulls. Like you're looking at a bull like Jasper, Red Clark, Bucking for Cash, Facetious. I mean, there's some there's some gas hogs in here. What are some bulls that stick out to you that are going to be out in round one? Oh, um, first one obvious was Red Clark out. I jaw dropped when I seen that bull in the long run. I haven't seen that bull in a long run in a long, long time. Like when they first started bringing him, maybe. But yeah, that's that's not an easy bull to have in a long round situation for sure. One I wanted to talk about is Scary Larry and Chase Doherty. That Scary Larry bull came from Stay Smith, and Chad's got him now, and he hasn't been overly impressive in his few outs this year, but. From what I've seen him, he looks like he's got a lot of potential. Have you seen that one at all yet? Oh, yeah. I think Kaiki Pacheco got on him either last week or the week before. But Kaiki's got some injuries or some mental problems that we're not aware of before this injury with his shoulder. And when I say mental problems, just to clear it up, I mean, as far as, you know, he's not mentally where he should be, right, bulls. I'm not saying the guy's 
lungs in a mental institution. Be cautious of that when you when you hear this podcast. For people that don't know anything about bull riding, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, exactly. I think we all know what you mean there. So I'm going to put you on the spot, James. Pick a round one winner. If you had to go out and you had to put money on it, who are you putting money on to win round one? I'll, I'll go with the man, Jose V. Torlivo. I don't care what he's getting on. We'll go with that. And keep what, what about you? If I had to pick one, and this might sound a little weird, but I really like Cooper Davis on off campus from Chad Berger. He's not a not a real rider friendly bull, so to speak. But he did have a really good out in his last out. They marked him pretty dang high. I think he was 44 and a half. And I think we're going to see that top five, top three in the world type Cooper Davis this weekend. I really do. I just think Cooper's due in these three-day formats with a guy like him. He can handle any kind of bull. I'm just going to trust that Cooper's there to ride and, and shows up with his head in the right spot. I sure hope so, because. Not that Cooper's ridden bad by no means so far this year. He just had to ride one here, ride one there, be injured, couldn't get him short ride. Things like that happen, and you got to know how to compartmentalize the sport. And so he's a world champion for a reason. They didn't just hand it to him. So, yeah, that's a really good matchup. And that bull there, they usually put in a championship round, or at least I've seen in a few championship rounds anyway. He bucks. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend of bull riding out in Sacramento. They've definitely got a lot of bull power out there, no doubt about it. James, do you have any closing thoughts on Sacramento before we kind of wrap this up? Well, I'm going to put you on the spot since you put me on the spot. How many bulls are you going to get rid in three days? Boy, I mean, that's really hard to really hard to say. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with 37 because they're going to buck a bunch of them. I think 37. What about you? Uh, that's, that's, that's high, in my opinion. I'm going to go with 22-23 on the entire weekend. Yeah, heck yeah. I mean, you just don't know. They've, they've come out riding pretty good in a lot of these events, but they're going to have some bull power thrown at them, no doubt about it. So I think that'll kind of wrap this up for this week. We're going to look at restructuring this a little bit. We're going to get episodes out earlier in the week from here on out. And I think that'll, that'll make it a better listening experience for all of you guys. James, do you have anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Let's not forget to uh, like from the back pins on Instagram. It's at from the back pins. Also, of course, if you have any questions or comments or feedback, please give us good, bad, or indifferent. Give it to us because we can handle it. We want this to be the best that it possibly can be. And as always, when I close, if you don't learn anything from from this podcast, but this one thing every week, that every day is a gift from God and what you do with it, quite simply and honestly, that's your gift back to him. And Coop, the floor is yours, buddy. Thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you, James. Back at you, man. I agree with you on that one. And just for so you guys know, I did put up a Facebook page too. It's called, it's from the Backpins on Facebook as well. And I will have the stuff linked down in, in the episode description to get in touch with us and also to check out Rank Ride Fantasy. So that'll be in the episode description. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun morning this morning, James. I got some stuff I got to get to though. So we're going to have to wrap this up, but I'm excited to see what happens this weekend in Sacramento. 
It's been good visiting with you, James. And until next time, have a good one and come back and visit us again from the back pans. Mm-hmm.